Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. So come with me in your Bibles, Gen- uh, Genesis, 2 Kings chapter 13, 2 Kings chapter 13. Verse 14, 2 Kings 13, verse 14. I promise you, this is going to be the game-changing message for the year that you'll be able to look back to, go back to, put in your pocket, play on repeat, because this message is going to change everything. Uh, 2 Kings 13, verse 14. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, some translations Jehoahash, the king of Israel came down to him and wept over his face and said, My father, O oh my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elijah said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. And let me just pause there. Um, what a weird thing to say. The man is dying. He's on his deathbed as we get to... Verse 20, you're going to find that he dies. So these are literally his last breaths. These are his last moments. And the king of Israel comes down, weeps over his face and says, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Of all the things to say over a dying man, the king says that. But the reason the king said that is because Elisha is the protege of Elijah. Elijah was Elisha's mentor and predecessor. And Elijah was the one that that called down fire on Mount Carmel. He was the one that executed the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. He was the one that prophesied that Jezebel, who ruled the land with, with with an iron fist, who had a steel grip on the nation of Israel, manipulating her husband Ahab. The Bible says that she incited him to do such evil and abomination in the sight of the Lord that there was no king like him who reveled in such wickedness, uh, evil and immorality because Jezebel incited him. And the nation had retreated. She was executing the prophets of the Lord. But there was this one man, Elijah, who stood in the gap and he called down fire and he prophesied over her and her demise was sealed and her execution was was scheduled in heaven. And then this, this man after that climbs back up to Mount Carmel and, uh, and prays for the drought and the famine to break. And he labors and travails in prayer until the drought breaks. And the same mountain that was scorched by fire now was saturated in torrential rain as the entire economy that was devastated came back to life again from one man. The Bible says that this man had an assistant whose name was Elisha. When this man was being taken up to heaven, the Bible says that Elisha was following him and Elijah says to him, listen, I've got other 
things on my mind today. Why don't you stay here in Gilgal? And Elisha says to him, as, as the Lord your God lives, I will not leave you this day, but will surely follow you. So they, they, they went from Gilgal, they came to Jericho. And at Jericho, he says, stay here for the Lord has called me on. He says, as the Lord your God lives, I will not stay here, but will follow you and be with you this day. So then they come to the Jordan. When they come to the Jordan, Elijah turns to Elisha and says, please stay here. The Lord has called me on. He says, I'm not staying here as the Lord your God lives. I'm following you. And as they cross the Jordan, well, then Elijah takes his mantle off, which is his jacket, and he smote the, 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 the Jordan River. And she parted and they walked across on dry ground. When they get to the other side, he says to Elisha, he says, you know, ask me, what do you want me to do for you when I'm taken up? And Elisha says, I want a double portion of what's resting on you. And Elijah says, man, you, you've asked for a hard thing. He says, nevertheless, if you're, if you're with me when I'm taken up, it shall be so for you. And the Bible says they hadn't gone very much further when all of a sudden the, the, the heavens opened in like a whirlpool like an eye in a storm and chariots began to come down, chariots of fire. And they began to circle all around Elijah. And Elijah gets into one of the chariots and Elisha says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And as Elijah was taken up, he dropped his mantle down to earth. He was taken up into heaven. He didn't need the mantle in heaven. We don't need the anointing in heaven. But God wants men and women in the earth who will carry His mantle, who will carry His anointing so that we can bring heavenly experiences into the earth. Well, the Bible says that Elisha wraps up this mantle and he walks back to the Jordan River and he strikes the Jordan River and he says, where is the God of Elijah? And then the Bible says that the Jordan River parted. In other words, God was saying, I'm here now with you. And the Bible says that the prophets the, the school of the prophets, 50 of them, saw when the Jordan parted that now the spirit of, the, of Elijah rested upon Elisha. And so they cross. So now the king of Israel knows that this is Elisha right at the door of his departure. And so he comes with, with words that he hasn't practiced. He hasn't exercised. He's just hoping that maybe a formula might, might garner a miracle. And he says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. In other words, do you have one miracle left? Because the Syrian army has been growing by the day. They have cut off all of our supply. They've cut off all of our water. They've cut off all the supply chains of our food and our resources. People are starving in the city. And every time we look, their numbers muster in the tens of thousands increasing every day. They're going to come in and they're going to devastate Israel. Do you have one miracle left in your bag? Is there one miracle left in the bottom of your barrel? And I love what Elisha says to the king in verse 15. He says, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then the king said, sorry, then he said to the king of Israel, 
put your hand on the bow. So the king put his hand on the bow and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And then he said, open the east window. And so he opened it. And then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. If you're underlining anything in your Bible, that's the verse you want to underline. For you must strike. Everyone say must strike. For you must strike the Syrians until you have destroyed them. And then he says to the king, take the arrows. So the king took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So the king struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five, six times. Then you would have struck Syria until you had destroyed it. But now you will strike the Syrians only three times. Then Elisha died and they buried him. The title of my message today or tonight is Don't Strike Out. Don't Strike Out. Uh, my, my three sons all got to play baseball, which we don't have in, Amer- in Australia. We have it in America. In Australia, we play cricket. And, uh, but, but they love baseball. Baseball is pretty awesome. You have a guy pitching balls at you and you actually get, you know, you get three bites at the cherry. You know, you get, you know, and obviously if, if, the, if it's terrible, then it's a ball and it's a do-over. And if the pitch is really bad, four balls, you get to walk to first base, kind of just kind of stroll out there and say, well, I didn't even need to hit it. Here I am. But, you know, basically you have three strikes, three strikes and you're out. Strike one, strike two, steer arc three, you're out. And, you know, so you don't want to get, get out. In the Old Testament, what's very interesting is there, there are three times where someone is told to strike. Moses was told to strike the rock and bring provision. Elisha strikes the Jordan and releases the, the anointing that was on Elijah onto his life. But then this same Elisha says to the king of Israel, strike the ground, strike the ground. And he struck three times and then quit. Few thoughts. Number one is your ask equals your faith. Your ask equals your faith. In the story that I just shared, Elisha is following Elijah. And Elijah finally crosses the Jordan and he turns around with this guy who is like a shadow, this guy who is like a lost puppy looking for his next treat. And and he's like, all right. He's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you before I'm taken to heaven? He says, I want a double portion of what's on your, what, what you carry. This is the guy that called fire down on Mount Carmel. This is a guy that then climbs back up to Mount Carmel and as he sits on top of Mount Carmel, prays and the drought breaks and rain comes. This is a guy who raised a widow's son from the dead. This is the guy that opened the womb of a woman who was well past age, childbearing. I mean, golly, gee, if, if it was me, I'd be like, you know, any chance for like a little smidget of what you've got? Uh, I'd settle for like 40 or 50%. Elisha is like 50% is not going to do. You imagine if you were just half as good as Elijah. 
That'd be a compliment. Man, you're almost as good as Elijah. Oh, thank you. He's like, no, 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 no. No mas. Un problema. He's like, no, no, no. I want a double portion of what's on you. I want to be like you, but twice as good. Elijah doesn't rebuke him. Elijah does not rebuke him. Elijah compliments him and says, man, you have asked for a hard thing. Can I just tell you that we fail if the generation after us isn't twice as good as we are? Leanne and I are not building a church that is a monument to us that when we retire and when we hand over and when we raise up the next generation, when we, when we release it, people look back and say, man, don't you miss Pastor Jürgen and Leanne? They were the good old days. Can you remember the miracles? Can you remember? I want people to say, my God, what they set up, what they built, what they established, what they set into motion. Have you seen the ministers they raised up? Have you seen the young men and the young women? Man, we thought they were good, but these guys carry double and Marco Contreras, they carry double the anointing, double the power, double the miracles, double. It should go up. And I like it because Elijah says, you have asked a hard question. You have asked a hard question. You know you're in the right place by the questions you're asking. The disciples of Jesus who were around Jesus, when they first met Jesus, Peter says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your disciple. 12 months later, <laughs> the same disciples are literally, it's coming to fisticuffs. They're, about, they're, they're, they're ready to brawl over which one of them is the greatest. It goes to another level where Peter and John Say, Lord, do something we're asking. He's like, what are you asking? Let one of us sit on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. (laughs) Jesus says, guys, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Listen to them. Yes, yes we are. It's like, you know what, actually, yeah, you guys are going to drink the same freaking, but to sit on my, that's not mine to give. Jesus had an atmosphere. Jesus had an atmosphere that transformed them from, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, I'm unworthy, disqualified, to arguing. Now, I'm not saying that they were right in arguing over who was the greatest and whether they could sit at the right hand or the left hand. I know that it was pride. I'm not not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the atmosphere around Jesus that he removes ceilings. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that I am pleasing my Abba, that I'm pleasing my Father when people in this congregation will stand and say, I've been tithing and I've got tithers' rights and I'm declaring for breakthrough, I'm declaring for clients, I'm declaring for and get two in two weeks when normally it takes two years. I, I love when people are believing for homes and believing for breakthrough, believing for what are you asking? I'm telling you, I... 
I will continue to take to take a licking and a beating. I could not care. In fact, if I was honest with you, it just feeds me with all the negative naysay, Nancy. That you know, you you should you should create pus, Christians. P U S S. Poor, ugly, sick, and stupid. They're the they're the kind of Christians that please Lord Almighty. Pus, Christians. Poor, ugly, sick, and stupid. Can I tell you, if you want to be that kind of Christian, wrong church. Hasta mañana, hasta luego, hasta la vista. There are other churches that'll do that, not in this house. In this house, we're going to create an atmosphere where the All Things Are Possible network is released, where you're going to preach and start believing that the Bible is real, where you believe that whatsoever things I ask for in prayer, just believe that you receive them, you shall have them, that you're going to begin to ask audacious things. You're going to ask for miraculous things. I can tell your faith by your ask. You should be. We get one shot. Imagine, Pastor Rudy, we get to heaven. Get to heaven and we realise, my God, are you kidding me? That power was available. I had angels. I had angels. I didn't even see them. And the Father's like, well, you never asked. You let the unbelief, you let the unbelief and negative and hopelessness of the world compromise and dilute my promises. So you never, the Bible says you have not because you, you know you're in the right place by the questions you're asking. Numero dos. Warfare equals advancement. He says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. The chariots of Israel and their horsemen. He's asking for a miracle. And Elisha, have a look what Elisha says in verse 15. And Elisha says to him, I'll wait till it comes up, verse 15. Elisha says to him, God's got it. The Lord's on the throne. He's in control. Just relax. Hang on, is that? Oh, shoot, hang on, that's a different. Oh, that's ruined my. That's, that's what you're told. Hey, hey, crazy times, but God's on the throne. Hey, we don't know, we don't know what's going on, but hey, God's in control. God's on the throne, He's in control. I want you to notice Elijah never said that. Also, I'm sorry to pop your bubble, but Jesus never said it. Elisha says to the king, take a bow and some arrows. Oh, hang on. Whoa, 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 pastor. You got to be very careful. You're not condoning violence, I hope. (laughs) Elisha says to the king, he knows God is on the throne. He knows God is all powerful. He knows God is the protector of Israel. He knows that God is a warrior. The Lord our God is a man of war. He knows that God is for Israel. But he also knows that God does not bless apathy. Neither can he bless inactivity. He says, you have to take a bow and some arrows because your advancement of the kingdom requires spiritual warfare. Jesus said, same 
verse, same sentence. I will build my church, my iglesia. I will build my iglesia and the gates of inferno will not prevail against it. Same verse. In other words, he's saying that the advancement of the kingdom is at the demise or the defeat or the decrease of the devil's kingdom. The devil's territory has to give up for God's territory to increase. That requires warfare. The gates of hell will not prevail. Every breakthrough in my life has come through spiritual warfare. We don't have 5.30 a.m. prayer meetings on a Tuesday for our men because we think our men need to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. We're trying to raise warriors. We're trying to raise men that understand if I need breakthrough financially, if I need breakthrough relationally, if I need breakthrough over my familia, if I need breakthrough over my children, if I need breakthrough, I have to go to war. I have to remind the devil, he's not the Alpha. The Alpha lives in me. The Lion of the tribe of Judah is alive and if you want to hear his roar listen to when I pray because you will hear the echo of my Messiah through my voice when I pray it's warfare every advancement requires warfare you have the keys to bind the devil well pastor right now the the devil's beating me up oh listen honestly honestly there, 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 there are days where I'm like oh maybe I should, I want to just like leave a door open for the devil. You you, you can come in and have a look. He doesn't even bother showing up. The times he has, he gets a whooping. The devil turns up at my house He's going to leave bleeding. Last time I read my Bible, it says, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. Last time I read my Bible, Jesus crushed the devil's head, took the keys of death and hell, stripped him of all authority. He says, all authority has been given to me. Jesus said that. Therefore go. I went. Because I went in obedience, I'm under his all authority. Whatever I bind is bound. Whatever I loose is loose. And the, 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 the devil's arrogance, he turns up. I'm not, you know, like sometimes I don't need to open the door. He'll just turn up. But I love it when he does because there's another ass whooping for him. And I shouldn't say that word in church, but I can't think of a better one. I just can't think of a better one. Let me just, let me just go this far. It's not theologically correct, but when we get to heaven, <laughs> when we get to heaven, like I'm gonna, you know, holy, 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 like thank you, I'm saved, like Jesus, you're, but then at the first opportunity I get, I'm just gonna ask, I'm just, just because he's so benevolent, I'm just gonna ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just going to ask, could I just have five minutes alone with the devil? Just five. And I, I, I want to I walk into the cell. And he's, you know, he's going to be sitting there all smug. Because I love watching those, you know, those cop movies where you have the good cop, bad cop. I'm going to be the bad cop. 
But, but he's arrogant. He's unrepentant and arrogant. He's just wicked. He's going to be sitting there all, you know, arrogant. And I just want five minutes. I'm just going to walk over to him. You slimy little son of a motherless goat. What you did to my firstborn, what you did to my family, the, the resistance, the attacks. And then I'm going to grab him by his horns. And I'm going to snap them off. And I'm going to stick him in his eyes and then ride him around like a motorbike. <laughs> Just for five minutes. Now, whether they let me or not, I'm not sure. But I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Number three. I'm in big trouble now. Said a cuss word and... Elisha puts his hands on the bow. So he gets the king to put his hands, and then he puts his hands on the bow saying, heaven will bless your warfare. Heaven will bless your warfare. And then he says this in verse 17. He says, open the east window. And he opened it, and then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And Elisha says, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Number three, open the east window equals prophetic vision. Open the east window equals prophetic vision. In times of war, in times of famine, in times of distress, in times where you're under duress or when you're under attack from the devil, it is very, very difficult to lift your eyes above the water coming in. It's very difficult to lift your eyes above the fire that's in the current. It's very difficult to lift your, your eyes above the third notice, the fourth notice, the foreclosure notice. It's very difficult to, to lift your eyes above the pain of their taking your furniture. It's very difficult to lift your eyes off the fact that you tried everything and now she's leaving and she's taken the children with them and you're at a wit's end. It's very difficult in times of warfare and distress to open the east window. The king doesn't go, he's not instructed to go to the north window because if he opens the north window, he sees the enemy. He sees the Syrian army who were attacking from the north. Elijah does not say go to the north window and shoot an arrow. He says rather go to the east window. Do you know how difficult it is to open the east window? The sun rises in the east. The prophetic people of God are able in the midst of their enemies, in the midst of crises, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of injustice, in the midst of a drought, they're able to go and they're open, able to open the east window and begin to see a brand new day. They begin to believe God for a brand new day because the God that you and I serve has a plan for you, a good plan, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't want you God does not want your eyes, your vision, your sight because what the eyes see, the soul responds with. He doesn't want you looking at the vastness of the enemy, the, 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 how devastating the problem is. He wants you to begin to prophesy, to see a new day, a new day for your marriage, a new day for your finances, a new day for your family, a day where you are free from the addiction, a day where you are free and those habits no longer hold you and keep you back, a day where you prophesy 
prosperous, a day where the debts are cancelled and eliminated, a day where you own title to your own home, where you have keys, a day where the student loans are paid off, a day where all your children are in the house of God, worshipping and lifting their hands to God. You got to open the east window. The enemy was at the north window. He's saying, forget the enemy. The enemy's doing what the enemy does. Go to the east window. Genesis 13, 14 and 15. Genesis 13, verse 14 and 15. When Lot had separated from Abraham, God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, look, lift up your eyes and look northward, southward, eastward, westward. For in every direction that you're looking, all the land that you see, I'm giving to you. All the land that you see, I am giving to you. Lot had just separated from him and taken the well-watered plains of the Jordan. Abraham, being who he was, let Lot choose. And Lot's like the deserts of Shechem or I'll take the well-watered plains of the Jordan. The well-watered plains of the Jordan without God. I would rather the deserts of Shechem with God. God's promise comes to Abram. God's promise doesn't just come to Abram, but from Abram comes Joseph. Joseph is sold into slavery, dragged down to Egypt, falsely accused of attempted rape and then thrown into a prison. But in the prison, he does not look, his eyes, his eyes are not obsessing with the north window. His eyes are not obsessing with the betrayal, the injustice, the impossible. I'm abandoned, I'm forgotten. My dad thinks I'm dead because my brothers took my coat, tore it and put goat's blood on it and convinced him that I'm dead. Nobody from my family is coming to rescue me. He does not look at the hopelessness, rather he looks at the prophetic visions that he had, that he would be elevated and his brothers would bow before him. Even his father would one day bow before him. The sun, moon and the 11 stars would bow before him. The same, the same Joseph, 12 tribes. One of the tribes produces a young man by the name of Joshua. Joshua, crosses the Jordan and he stands at Jericho and Jericho looks impossible. And the Lord comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, see, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valour. Anybody looking at Jericho would say it's impossible, but there's a spirit here. There's an anointing here. There's a principle here in the midst of crises, in the midst of when I came to San Diego, they tried to tell me, the king, because I can hear the keys. So I've got to try and fast forward a little bit. We know in just a moment, the king is told to do what? He's told to take the arrows and what? Say it again to strike the, strike the, strike the ground, strike the ground. Genesis 3, 17, when Adam sinned, God dealt with the devil, God dealt with the woman, then he comes to the man. 
says, because you have done this, cursed be the, a lot of people think the man came under a curse. Man never came under a curse. God can't curse what He blessed. He blessed man. So God says, cursed be the ground for your sake. Cursed be the ground for your sake. Tell you what I don't like about Awaken Church is that pastor, he always goes on and on and on about them fake news people. Can't he just leave them alone? Why is he beat up on CNN and MSNBC and NBC? Why, why does he do that? Well, I was, let me explain why. Let me explain why. Cursed be the ground for your sake. Out of the sweat of your brow, out of toil, it'll yield to you her increase. But even then, in the midst of producing thorns and thistles, you'll be pierced and you'll bleed and you'll sweat to bring increase. It's a prophetic picture of Yeshua. The reason I have a problem with these people is because they want to give you commentary from the curse. What they do each day is they put their finger in the curse in the ground and they say, well, Ken, life is difficult. Well, Ken, the economy is doing this. Jobs are going backwards. Have you seen the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones? And they, they, they try to tell you, they give you commentary on the curse. They tell you, when I came to San Diego, they said, listen, you can't, oh, what are you doing here? Well, look, um, you, you just know there's no zoning in San Diego for churches. So just kind of give up on owning a building. You won't own a building. Plus, we want to remind you, it's the fifth most expensive real estate in the United States of America. So even if you were to find the money, raise the money, there's no zoning, so just give that up. But I made a decision. I ain't listening to the fools who want to give me commentary from putting their finger in the ground and telling me what the curse says. Joshua is commanded by God to see this impregnable fortress, the walls coming down. The reason God did that is because it was Joshua who when everybody saw the giants and the fortified cities and the, the descendants of Anak and the land that devours its inhabitants, Joshua said, what are you talking about? Their protection has departed. They are our bread. They are our food. It is as the Lord said. He's, you've got to open the east window. You will have what you see. Don't let the curse, don't let the devil, don't let the noise, don't let the commentary. I'm telling you, I shut that stuff off and I go to God. I shut that stuff off and I go to the men and the women of God because you don't shoot your arrows out of the north window. You shoot your arrows out of the east window and you shoot your prophetic words. The arrows are prophetic words where you shoot it. I begin to declare, we're gonna have buildings. San Diego is a city for Christ. We're gonna have buildings. I didn't realize when I said buildings, that We'd have like 16 of them and still increasing. I mean, buildings, buildings. It's almost like I needed to kind of like put the lid back on, but I don't know how to put the lid on because I can't find the freaking jar to put the lid on. But we just keep getting campuses and buildings and don't listen to the curse. The last one, and I know the keys are up and Mike's giving me this look. Gosh, he's, he gets violent, doesn't he? The last one is strike until equals complete victory. 
He says to him, take some arrows. And he took some arrows. And he says, strike the ground for you must strike until you have defeated them. And the king takes the arrows and goes tap, tap, tap. Elisha is moments away from, he's got anointing, he's got miracle, he's got power, but the apathy of the king the complacency of the king. Uh, well, Pastor, I just don't know. Uh, you know, we come to awaken, but we think we're going to find another church where we just don't feel so guilty. Like everybody's prospering. Everybody, it just don't seem to work for me. We tried that tithing thing. Yeah, we tithed for three weeks. Nothing seemed to happen. Pastor, you said how you got her is how you keep her. We went on date night three times. Nothing changed. She's still old lippy. If you ask me, hey, pastor, where, 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 where did the wheels fall off? Where, where did my life unravel? It's very simple. When did you stop obeying? Elisha says, strike the ground. He never said stop. Elisha said, strike the ground. You must strike until. Elisha should have leapt out of bed and crashed, tackling. That's too many times. But the king, tap, tap, tap around. You must strike until. You must strike until. You must strike until. We got news that our 16 year old was addicted to heroin. I had one of the counselors say, This kills young people. And the heroin that they, that they brought over from the cartels is dirty heroin. And he's addicted. Four of his friends that were also addicted are no longer with us. They kept trying to give me, they kept putting their finger in the curse and trying to give me commentary out of the curse. And you can talk from the curse all you like, but I take my arrows, my promises from God, the prophetic words. 1 Timothy 1.18, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made, by them you wage the good warfare. You wage the good warfare by the prophecies. What are the prophecies? They're the arrows. You hold on to the prophetic words. God said that He would be a man of God. God told me He gave me a promise. I saw Him married. I saw Him with a family. I saw Him serving God. But the people had their fingers in the curse and they're trying to tell me. But you know what? He says, He didn't say strike the floor. He didn't say strike the wall. He didn't say strike the table. What did He say to strike? He said strike. I want you to strike where the curse is. Don't be afraid of the curse. You are here to overcome the curse. My Word overcomes the curse. Strike the ground. We struck. Well, you know, he went to rehab and he, he, he relapsed. So we struck again. Well, he, you know, he did relapse. Well, we struck again. We, did, we struck again. And you know what? I ain't quit striking. I will strike until. I will strike until. I will strike until. I will strike until. There was a time when Leanne didn't want to be married to me anymore. 1997, she didn't want to be married anymore. I, 
I couldn't think of life without her. So I said, baby, I will change. She says, I don't believe you. I don't think you can change. And so I spoke, I went with God and God says, this is what you need to do. And so I began to strike the ground. I began to take her on date nights and nothing changed. Nothing changed for the first month. Nothing changed for the second month, third month or fourth month. But I knew that God said strike. He didn't say stop. So I kept striking the ground. I kept striking the When did you stop striking? Every breakthrough this year, this year will be the greatest year of your life. If you pick up your arrows, the promises of God and strike the ground, strike the ground, strike the ground. You must strike until, come on, let's get up onto our feet. Come on, let's give God a praise tonight. Come on, let's give Him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Man. Lift your hands. There was a word from heaven. Sometimes to birth something into the earth, you have to push a little bit. Sometimes to birth something from heaven into people's souls requires a little travailing. Father, I thank you tonight for an impartation. I want you to know you're in a house where lids should lift off your, your mind, where you should start asking God for difficult things. Don't ask for little things. You should start believing God for the impossible. We know that we're teaching right, don't we, Pastor Mike, if people are asking for difficult things. You need to understand in this house, we'll equip you with war. We'll empower you to, to do spiritual warfare teach you how to bind, teach you how to loose, teach you how to stand for your marriage, family, friend, teach you how to take down the enemy. In this house, we'll always point to the east window. I just think that you guys are like that Joel Osteen. You're always looking on the bright side. Joel Osteen is the king of open the east window. Open the east window. Yeah, but what about what the, let the, let the enemy do what they're doing. Open the east window. You don't shoot your arrows, you shoot your arrows into your tomorrow, into a new day, into a God future, into a God promise, into a God vision. But then you've got to take your arrows and you've got to strike that curse. You've got to strike that curse. Some of us live under generational curses of poverty. You've got to strike that curse until you break it. Some of us live under generational cycles, generational curses of addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, porn addiction, infidelity, divorce. Strike until, strike until, you strike until that curse. You're the curse breaking generation. I strike until. Some of us struggle with anxiety and depression. It's generational. It's a curse. You strike until, you strike until, you strike until. Come on, everyone, lift their hands high to heaven. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I stand in the house of breakthrough. Heavenly Father, I will strike until the curse is broken. I will not strike out. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.